Get inside the game from every angle. It's Rugby Direct with Elliot Smith, powered by Newstalk ZB. Welcome in. It's episode one, Rugby Directs, a new rugby podcast from News Talk ZB, where we chat rugby. No surprises there. How good. Podcast devoted entirely to our national game. And you can find it, of course, on any podcast app. In fact, you've probably got that step already. iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, the whole lot. We are there for you. We'll be a weekly podcast dissecting the big issues in New Zealand rugby, getting some guests along the way, having a bit of fun as well. Rugby Directs, the new home for New Zealand rugby fans, searching for that podcast any time of the day. Coming up on episode one, there is a lot to get our teeth stuck into. It is the All Blacks and Tonga. First test of 2021. We can park 2020, which was a COVID-disrupted year. The All Blacks played six test matches, four of them against Australia, two against Argentina. They won three, they lost two, they drew one. This year feels a bit more normal, though, doesn't it? they got the mid-year tests you got the Rugby Championship, the Bledisloe Cup mixed in between. You've also got, of course, the end-of-year tour. This is, of course, all assuming that COVID doesn't rear its ugly head and disrupt the programme too much. But a sandwiched in alongside that, you've got the Bunnings NPC, you've got the Farah Palmer Cup, you've got the New Zealand men's and women's sevens teams going for Olympic glory in Tokyo. And tell you what, looking at the way that uh, the women's team are playing at the moment, they are smoking every team on the planet. They are dead set gold medal favourites. The men could be there or thereabouts. You just don't know with the men's sevens game uh, at the moment, the way it's played. But jeepers, you'll be banking on a women's gold for sure. But our focus, of course, for episode one has to be the opening All Blacks test of the year. And what a test match it'll be against Tonga. Look, I know you've looked at the Tongan team like I have and gone, I don't know too many of these players. But when have you ever seen a Tongan team that doesn't play with passion, doesn't play with pride in the jersey? And there is nine debutantes Nine debutants in this team wanting to make their mark and wanting to impress uh, the coach, Toto Kefu, remember that name, uh, ahead of their World Cup qualifiers over the next couple of weeks. Big chance for some of those players to impress. Dave Cole said earlier today he was expecting uh, some of the Tongan players to take their heads off uh, when they get out there on Saturday night. You can, of course, find live commentary of the match on News Talk ZB and Gold AM. Myself, Elliot Smith, will be calling it alongside former All Blacks halfback and Strawn Sam Caron and Kate Wells will be patrolling the sidelines of the respective games. Of course, the Māori All Blacks and Samoa before that as well. As I said, plenty of rugby to get our teeth stuck into. If you're just catching up with that All Blacks team, haven't got across it as yet, let me run you through it because there are a few surprising calls in the side. Carl Doinukawafi is the loose prop. Dane Coles at hooker. Angus Ta'ava at tight head prop. Scott Barrett and Sam Whitelock, they are your second row. Captained, is co- of course, by Sam Whitelock. Akira Ioane at blindside flanker. Dalton Papali'i open side. Luke Jacobson at number eight. Brad Webber at halfback. Richie Mwong at first five. George Bridge and Will Jordan, your wings. Quinta is the debutante at second five. And at centre, Rico Yawani. At fullback, Damien McKenzie. Asafo Omoa, George Bauer, Tyrell Lomax, Patrick Tuipilotu, Ethan Blackett, Finlay Christie, Bowden Barrett, Geordie Barrett. Those are the reserves. So three new caps on the bench in Bauer, Blackadder and Christie. One in the starting side 
Quinn Tapai. Quinn Tapai joins us on the podcast very shortly to reflect on uh, not necessarily a meteoric rise, but a surprising rise given the fact he was expecting to be in the Māori All Blacks and then a whole host of injuries in the midfield. I mean, he's starting in the 12 jersey uh, against Tonga, Mount Smart Stadium on Saturday night. But first of all, we kick things off with the New Zealand Herald's Liam Napier on Rugby Direct. This is Rugby Direct, a podcast for real rugby fans. Well, first ever guest on the Rugby Direct podcast is Liam Napier, New Zealand Herald rugby writer, was across the media conference as Ian Foster named his teams, one of the biggest game breakers in New Zealand rugby journalism. Liam, thanks so much for joining us on Rugby Direct. Great to be here, mate. Well, what do you make of that All Blacks team, which we have now found out? A few surprises that um, I don't think many of us in the rugby journalism fraternity picked. Um, what was your first uh, reaction to that team? Yeah, you're right. A few surprises. I guess Quinta Tupai uh, jumps out. At you, doesn't it? You know, a guy who's had a whirlwind two weeks, you know, having started with the Chiefs and he had a bit of an in- injury-interrupted campaign there. Um, pressed early on, then was injured and then came back for the last couple of games and uh, was selected in the in the, in the New Zealand Māori team, and and you thought, oh well, uh, you know, it'd be good to see him go there and and see how he, how he progresses. And then all of a sudden, uh, Anton Leonard Brown gets um, minor elbow surgery, which takes him out of out of the picture for a couple of tests, and and uh, he's right up in the frame. And then you know we'd expect David Havili to start at twelve, but he's got a niggly calf, and so. Here we are um, in the uh, first test of the year and, and, and the 22-year-olds thrust into the midfield, which is probably the main talking point of the All Black team has been since the squad was named. Who's going to play there? There's so many deflections. So, yeah, he was the main guy. And then uh, three more debutants to come off the bench. So I guess it sprinkles a real layer of intrigue in, into what is, you know, really a, a bit of a mismatch this weekend, isn't it? What do you think Quintapai has done well? Because he, he was sort of on the radar, but no one was suggesting that he was going to be included in this All Black squad until the injury started to come. So what do you think he's done well for the uh, the Chiefs this year? The one game that stands out for me is the the game in Hamilton when they played the Blues and he was exceptional uh, broke, made a number of breaks uh, you know some of his decision making wasn't superb after that you know he'd make big breaks and, and throw a bit of a wild offload um, to squander it but uh, he's got a strong fend he's he's very you know Ian Foster's mentioned a number of times since naming the squad that he's very confident in what he does and his own abilities which is carrying well and, and defending um, so I think you know he brings a point of difference you know, David Havili, uh, if, if you compare the two second fives, uh, he's probably not doesn't bring the same power from a ball carrying perspective, but he's he's probably got a better kicking game, um, maybe more vision and and you know subtle skills where Tupai is going to bring that real, real direct presence, and you really want that at second five because it takes pressure off off the tens, it um, you know alleviates a bit of that uh, uh, rush line line speed that all teams tend to bring. So I think he's a really exciting prospect. You know, he's he's green, twenty two years old. Um, so, yeah, he's been thrown in the deep end a bit, but just hearing him today, he spoke confidently. You know, you, you know yourself, normally when these rookies come into that mm-hmm. arena, it's quite daunting even, you know, fronting the media and, and they can be very shy and reserved and, and quite overawed by everything. But he, he seemed really confident and calm, and I think that's a good sign. 
Yeah, it is indeed. Look, the, the player outside, Enrico Ioane, they fronted the media uh, together today. Um, he got one shot at centre last year against Australia. It was a mixed bag. He blew a try, and some of those defensive reads were a wee bit off. Then we didn't see him at centre again, at least starting-wise, for the in- entire uh, rest of that uh, campaign, the five tests. Do you think this week represents a wee bit of a restart in terms of the All Blacks seeing him as a centre and giving him some game time against uh, lesser opposition like uh, like Tonga? Yeah, look, I think it's fair to say that the All Blacks aren't convinced about Rico Awani as a centre. He, in his own mind, he wants to play there, and the Blues have given him that opportunity. That's that's his role for them. Um, but, yeah, I think the All Blacks are still very open to him playing on the wing. So this is a massive chance for him, particularly with Anton Lennon-Brown out and Braden Enor out, who who was another centre option. You know, depth there is, is very thin as well. So a big chance for, for Rico Awani, as you mentioned, um, very inexperienced at test level in this role. And and for him, it, I, I think it's not about, you know, busting the line and scoring tries. It's, it's about the subtle skills that you want from a centre. It's about your defensive reads, it's about setting up your outsides and distributing well and mm. making good good decisions. So those are the things that uh, a wing doesn't have to do and that you really want to see from your centre. So he's not going to be put under intense pressure against Tonga, but it's important that he starts well and you know potentially he could have this three-test July campaign to build some form and confidence in that role and, and, and that's what the All Blacks need from him. The selection of Richie Moonga at 10, do we read much into that at all in this ongoing race against Bowdoin Barrett? Not a great surprise, is it? You know, given uh, it would have been a terrible message to send to uh, bring Bowdoin back in and usurp Moonga, given how well he's played this year and the fact that you need to be rewarding players playing rugby in New Zealand. And uh, just the level of rugby that Bowden's been playing in, in Japan is not comparable to Super Rugby in any way, shape, or form. So, look, I think they got that selection right, but I don't think you can read too much into it. Ian Foster's comments today about uh, th- about that selection uh, very much said that it that it's uh, up for grabs, and you know you will certainly see Bowden start at ten in in July, possibly even next week. Um, and I think it's intriguing that, um, you know, Brad Webber's got his first start at nine and they've held Aaron Smith out. So potentially next week for a tougher opposition in Fiji, you could see Aaron Smith and Bowden Barrett start together. So, you know, the All Blacks have definitely kept some firepower in mm-hmm. reserve. Uh, you know, there's others there like Cody Taylor and, and uh, Artie Severe and, and David Havili, who are the latter two carrying injuries. But... Yeah, I think uh, that's going to be a fascinating battle, isn't it, this year, Moonga and Barrett? And, uh, yeah, at this stage, I, I certainly couldn't predict who's going to come out on top. You mentioned Ian Foster there talking about the selection that he's made. Let's have a listen to what he did say uh, to the media. Uh, well, we tossed a coin and come up heads or tails. And um, it's, no, nah, it's, uh, like, I feel he's, um, look, he's been playing in, in, in New Zealand this year. I think that um, he's been playing at that intensity and so I think that that gives him the, the nod for this game and Bodie, you know, we've followed him a lot in, in Japan, been, been pleased with what we saw but there's still a, a lift when he comes back so it just, I guess, gives him another week uh, of training with us before we make the next assessment. So Ian Foster, the All Blacks coach. Uh, interesting four-pack as well. Uh, Liam Napier with us, New Zealand Herald rugby writer. What do you make of the selections made there? Because someone like uh, Dalton Papali's really got a chance to stand up over these next few games. Yeah, last year Dalton played 12 minutes of six tests. Mm. So that sort of highlights 
how far he's come in, in the past six months or so and Sam Kane's injury has really opened the door at seven and he's been the standout seven this year Ian Foster highlighted him as the standout loose forward in the competition and that's high praise given the way Ethan Blackadder played amongst others you know um, uh, Hoskins is too to play well at the back end of the season and, and Shannon Frizzell produced some good form as well so yeah look massive chance for Dalton I was hugely impressed by him with the Blues his strength over the ball he's a big man he's physical he hits hard he carries hard so uh, yeah really excited to see how he makes the step up to test rugby and you know there's a real chance there for him to grab that jersey and say you're not taking it from me even with a guy like Artie in the background you know do the All Blacks look to use him at Artie at seven or do they look to use him at eight so there's no, there's a lot of uh, versatility in that loose trio but yeah very um, excited to see how Dalton goes. Liam Nappy with us on Rugby Direct. Uh, Liam, what do you expect out of out the opposition for the All Blacks this week in, in Tonga? Uh, because you look at that team and there's not a lot of names that jump out, even for uh, the likes of us who follow our rugby pretty closely. There, there's there's a real uh, issue there of going, I don't recognise many of these players, if, if, if any, from the 23. Yeah, massive worries, to be honest. Uh, it's not a great reflection on anyone if the All Blacks go out there and pace Tonga by 80 points. I don't know who gets anything out of that, to be honest. Uh, you know, Tonga are trying to build into a a Rugby World Cup qualification. The All Blacks are trying to build some form and combinations, but do they? how much can you take out of a, a one-sided whitewash? Uh, so, you know, um, you're right. You look through that team, there's players in there who haven't even played the top level of provincial rugby. Um, you pointed out to me earlier the, the starting lock. What's his name Don again? Lolo. Don Lolo. Don yeah. Lolo uh, is the highest you know, uh, level of rugby he's played for North Otago. So, look, it's a massive step up. I mean, you know, uh, anyone who pulls on their nation's colours is, is going to rise and be extremely passionate and, and put their body on the line and everything else. But the disparity in depth and class is, is gross for this match. And... Yeah, it's you can you can understand why uh, tickets have been a hard sell, put it that way. Yeah, we're not expecting much of a crowd there on Saturday. Just finally, Liam, you mentioned obviously the uh, you know the the issues of, of Tonga and, and the players that they've got. How do the All Blacks sort of compartmentalise that and go? Okay, we're not playing much opposition here, but we need to focus on our own job. So they just basically need to to go out and. and play what's in front of them and, and forget about their opposition. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I think you don't even consider that at all. You you, you just uh, treat it like any other test week as, as, it, as if it was the Springboks or the or Bledisloe Cup or, or whoever. You just, you know, uh, the, comp- the internal competition and the pride in the All Blacks jersey, I think, takes over. And, you know, we've mentioned a number of players already who are playing for roles who are fighting for the jersey mm-hmm. and, and, you know, uh, potentially you only get one shot at, at these things. You look at Brad Webber, he's played uh, half a dozen, dozen tests and this is his first start for the All Blacks. Um, you know, we've mentioned others there. So, look, as much as anything else, it's, uh, you know, individual responsibility and, and it'll be a massive occasion for a number of those guys. This is such a, an inexperienced All Black team in, in, in many ways and, you know, they'll all be looking over their shoulders because in a 36-man squad, there's uh, any number of players that can step in and, and will be given chances over the coming weeks. So it's hugely important that they take the, those chances this weekend. Indeed. Liam Napier, congrats on your first cap for Rugby Direct. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Cheers. Every try. Two tries in 60 seconds. Every tackle. He'll take the tackle and get up again. Every big moment. The All Blacks going to score. They always have you before half time.
It's Rugby Direct, powered by Newstalk ZB. Always good to get stuck into a discussion with Liam Napier, New Zealand Herald rugby writer, one of the young men we spoke about there. Quinn Tobiah making his All Blacks debut in the 12 jersey against Tonga at Mount Smart Stadium Saturday night. Just a week or two back, he was expecting to play a couple of games in the Māori All Blacks against Samoa. Then head into pre-season with Waikato ahead of the Bunnings MPC, which starts next month. Not to be, and not to be in a good way. He will make his All Blacks debut, as I said, against Tonga on Saturday night. I caught up with Quinn Tapia after he was named in the All Blacks starting side. Congratulations on being named in the All Blacks for the first time. How special was it to hear your name um, earlier in the week and, and know you'll be playing an All Blacks test this weekend? Mm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, got named in the change rooms before training. Um... Yeah, wasn't expecting to start or anything, so to hear my name was was pretty cool. And then, sort of, didn't hear who got named after me, so I had to <laughs> had to double check with some of the boys. Had to ask Damo after, so um, he was pretty excited for me. And likewise, I was um, pumped for him to start too. Are you able to tell your family at that point? Did you have to keep it a secret for a couple of days? Or? Uh, yeah, I told my parents after training, um, and and uh, my partner. So that was that was about it. And then everyone else found out when they got named this morning. Yeah. Because you're supposed to be in the Māori All Blacks, obviously we saw the great clip of you being named in, in, in that camp. So has it been easier to change your mindset from going Māori All Blacks to now being in the All Blacks? Yeah, I'd, I'd say my mindset's the same from um, going into the Māori's and All Blacks. It's, they're both um, national teams and um, we're both playing test matches. So um, <clears throat> it was easier to come from, from Māori's to All Blacks. Um, and I'd say, you know... Preparing for tests, whether it was playing Samoa or Tonga, is um, probably the same mindset, so no, it's been an easy transition. Has there been a, a learning curve or anything different since uh, you've got into All Blacks camp that you perhaps didn't expect? Yeah, there's a um, lot, of, lot of content I had to learn, um, new calls and, um, you know, the new moves and that, so um, it's, it's, it's a lot to take on early. Um, you know, a couple of days in my book, um, and talking to guys in my positions uh, made it really easy. Um, yeah, it's a lot of hard work too, but it's um, you know the hard work's going to pay off, I guess. You were just saying before that you're rooming with Bowden uh, Barrett. He was obviously a, you know a debutant once. What's he sort of um, imparted to you this week? Um, we haven't really really touched on it much, but um, it's 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 going to be a physical game. It's um, you know it's nothing you've experienced before. It's nothing like Mitre Ten or Super. It's another it's a another big step so um, he said just be yourself um, Anton said um, you know we have the world's best players here so you're not expected to do you know Richie's or Rico's job so just do your, do your own job and um, you know everything will fall into place I guess How do you think you've developed over the last week while in the Chiefs camp this year um, you know and, and which has got you to playing in the All Blacks this week I think just being more physical um, being a more physical 12 um, whether it's carrying or um, in defence and then <clears throat> um, working hard is something that um, you know it's not it's not talent or anything you know? um, so just working hard around the paddock um, getting yourself into positions to you know, be successful. I guess. Did the the change in form and the you know because the, obviously a whole lot of losses, but then winning sort of breeds a bit of confidence. Did that rub yeah. off on you playing as well? Yeah, winning always helps a helps the team's chemistry, and um, you sort of can feed off that. It's it's tough taking back to back losses every week, um, and when you're winning, you sort of get your mojo up. Um, things around HQ, everyone's a bit happier. Front front desk a bit happier. So. Um, it definitely helps with my, helped with my confidence and um, 
you know, everyone was sort of feeding off each other, so um, that was good at the Chiefs this year, yeah. How do you think you'll go with Rico uh, outside you in, in 13, and, and what are you looking to bring as a partnership to, to the game? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play with Rico. He's a, um, he's a well-established player and um, has moved into 13. He's been good for the Blues. Um, but yeah, probably, um, you know, feed off Richie. Likewise, Rico feed off me, so... Um, no, it should be an exciting pairing, and um, we have you know a lot of class around the paddock, so that should be good. Before you came in, um, Ian Foster was saying that you, you're a player that knows your strengths. So, what would you describe as as your strengths on the park? Um, I'd say um, my ball carrying ability. Um, I like to carry the ball a bit, um, and then you know, you know working around the paddock, um, chasing kicks, whatnot, t- um, making tackles or cleaning rucks. Um, yeah, it's something I sort of pride myself on. Played a bit of 13 last year, but what do you think the differences are between 12 and 13? Which <clears> one do you prefer? Th- yeah, um, there's quite a big difference between 12 and 13, just um, how you attack with the ball, I guess. 13, you're sort of feeding off the 12 or the 10. Um, and then just defensively, 13, getting some backdoor reads um, and looking at fullbacks and that, where 12 is more, you're looking straight forward. Um, See, so yeah, those are the main differences, but yeah, happy to you know slot in between. Yeah. But yeah, you know. And just in terms of the backline, there's Brad starting at halfback. You mentioned Damien before is at fullback, so there's a wee Chiefs connection in that backline, yeah, which yeah. was handy for your first game. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's early on the week. I didn't, you know, I was still a bit rusty on the call, so I was calling some Chiefs moves out there to um, Damo and Webby, and they sort of clicked on. But sort of learnt the whole playbook now. Um, and then we have Angus Tarvel and um, Luke Jacobson at eight. So you know that's even more Chiefs in there so it's, it's going to be pretty exciting and it's um, you know they're good friends of mine so it'd be awesome to debut alongside them Just finally plenty of family coming up for, for your debut? Yeah I've, I have my parents and uh, grandparents aunties, uncles some cousins um, a couple of friends might come up too so yeah it'll be a it'll be a good occasion at Mount Smart That's the new All Black Second Five. Quinn Tapia joining us on Rugby Direct, offering his thoughts on an All Blacks debut. What a charming young man, and I'm sure he's looking forward to seeing his parents, partner, family in the grandstands at Mount Smart on Saturday. Also looking forward to seeing uh, George Bauer, Ethan Blackadder, and Finlay Christie get their first appearances for the All Blacks. And dare I say it, what is a low-pressure environment? Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Episode 2 of Rugby Direct, we may be eating humble pie, but a good chance for those All Blacks, uh, those new All Blacks to make a name for themselves, just settle into that All Blacks environment. Chance to test out the combinations as well uh, and see how Rico Ioane slots in its centre. Of course, didn't have the best of times uh, in that game against Australia in Wellington last year. We haven't sighted him since in a starting game. So all sorts of storylines running out of that All Blacks game. We'll go back to a wee clip I want to finish on before we finish, but uh, just want to chat briefly about the British and Irish Lions uh, starting their South African tour this weekend, incidentally, against the Lions from Johannesburg. So it's the Lions playing the Lions, which is not going to be confusing in the absolute slightest. Uh, look, I love Lions tours. This one is going to be utterly bizarre. Kind of like the Olympics will be uh, in a few weeks' time when you watch them go out and, and play in front of no crowds. But a Lions series with no fans, no travelling fans is bizarre on one, but let alone having no home fans is bizarre, doubly so. And I'm just not sure how it's going to translate. The The Lions feed off 
the singing in the crowds, the chanting, everything like that. Uh, I know a lot of people are expecting that Lions will go over to the UK and, and do quite well, the Springboks having not played any Test rugby in, in quite some time. I'm not sure it's going to be as easy as that without their travelling supporters. Incidentally, the Springboks opened their campaign this weekend. They played Georgia, the first test since that Rugby World Cup final in 2019. Doesn't that seem uh, like forever ago uh, when uh, Sia Khaleesi was holding up the trophy? So the Lions played the Lions in the opening game of the South African portion of the series. Remembering they played Japan uh, last weekend. So that's early hours of Sunday morning in South Africa, also playing Georgia this weekend. Australia plays France. First game of that is midweek next week. They had to compact it all down into uh, three tests in 11 days, given the restrictions uh, around COVID and travelling down under and everything like that. They simply, France wouldn't have been able to field a competitive side uh, this weekend in the first of the window. Very much looking forward to the international season getting underway, though, resuming, given we had the Six Nations earlier on in the year. The other game, of course, from a New Zealand perspective to be interested in this weekend is the Māori All Blacks up against Samoa. The Māori All Blacks winning game one in Wellington in horrendous weather conditions, 35-10. Can they go out and repeat the dose on Saturday in that game, 4.30 kickoff. Again, we'll bring you commentary, this time on the Gold AM network right around New Zealand. You can find that on iHeartRadio, same place you might have found this podcast as well. But a pretty special game for Ōtere Black. Blues first five announced he's heading off to Japan after the season, so this will most likely be his final game in the Māori All Black jersey, a jersey that he has worn with pride over the last few seasons, been a real regular uh, in this team. He spoke to the media and gave a few comments as he approaches what is likely to be his swan song. Rugby's a funny sport, isn't it? Um, you could sort of end up at one place one minute and you could be on the other side of the world. So, yeah, I'll never, uh, I wouldn't say this will be the end for me in New Zealand. Um, you never know where things will, will take uh, myself and my family. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm sort of treating it as probably my last game in the Māori All Black jersey, but um, you never know. It's not about me, it's about our team, and um, it's about representing our people, so I'm just really looking forward to getting out there on Saturday, and hopefully um, everyone can come out on Saturday, so it's going to be an awesome afternoon of footy, and um, like I said, we're we're not the only ones there, so hopefully everyone can turn up, it'll be cool. All Teddy Black, the Māori All Blacks first five ahead of his final game uh, for the side against Samoa on Saturday afternoon. One of the real servants of Māori rugby in recent years. Uh, he addressed uh, the gathering media where we heard those clips from in uh, Te Reo as well as in English and uh, understands what uh, Māori culture means to New Zealand, what Māori co- rugby culture is. So wishing him all the best as he heads overseas uh, once he plays his final Māori All Blacks game. Let's wrap things up on Rugby Direct and uh, we're going to start a new feature. That is episode one. I can start as many features as I like and <laughs> see whether they work or not. Final feature, this is called The Final Say. We're going to play a clip that caught my eye for whatever reason during the week. It might be funny, it might be emotional, uh, but we're going to end every episode on what we call The Final Say. And the honour goes on episode one to All Blacks hooker Dane Coles, who was asked by Rugby Pass reporter Tom Vinicum about having Bowden Barrett in camp. Have a listen to this. Nice to have Bowden looking refreshed after his holiday. No, it's good, mate. He seems in a good spot. It would have been good for him to get over there and um, earn a bit of cash. And I suppose he just had a newborn too. Had a bit of family time. But, yeah, it's always good to catch up. 
Absolute scenes in the media conference with Dane Coles. And that will do us for episode one of Rugby Direct. Hope you enjoyed. You can hit me up with what you like, didn't like, want to hear on the podcast. Uh, you can tweet me at ElegantNZ, at E-L-L-I-O-T-T-N-Z. And we'll see you next time. Rugby Direct, episode one out.